Welcome to episode 4 of Hip Hop History. This week, we will be jumping into beefs. Beefs have been a large part of the hip hop game, going bar for bar, seeing who the better MC is, challenging a more well-known MC to get clout, to come up, to push your record. It's all part of the game. From UTFO's Roxanne Roxanne and Roxanne Shantae's Roxanne's Revenge to the artists who have been in one beef or another his whole career. So let's get into 50 Cent's beef history. It's almost unfair for the beef between Ja Rule and 50 Cent to be classified along with other music industry conflicts. By all accounts, this was a real life feud and they generally hated each other. Prior to the diss records, 50 and Ja got physical on multiple occasions. The back and forth songs were merely the byproduct of disputes that had already taken place in the streets. A friend of mine robbed Ja Rule, 50 recounted in his biography from Peace to Wait. That's how the beef originally started. My man robbed him for the chain. Later, Ja saw me in the club with a kid who robbed him. I went over to say what up, Ja, and he acted like he had a problem with me. After repeated run-ins with Ja, 50 recorded Your Life's on the Line around 2000. He and Ja ended up together on a bill during a show in Atlanta and they eventually fought in an adjacent hotel parking lot. Things later escalated back in New York City when Ja paid 50 a violent visit during 50's recording session at the Hit Factory. During this encounter, Ja and his camp, who were in a different studio, came in and beat up 50, Tony Yayo, and the DJ in the studio. They ended up stabbing all three of them. Over the course of several years, the pair exchanged punches, stabbings, stolen chains, and several diss records, including Wanksta, Clap Back, and Hail Mary. In 2011, prior to serving a two-year prison sentence, stemming from a previous weapons possession charge, Ja told MTV Sway Calloway he was done beefing. 50 confirmed the truce, and Ja would later send out a tweet saying the pair had sat near each other on a transcontinental flight with no issues. This didn't last very long. Both have sent jabs via Twitter and Instagram, but nothing more. No diss records or altercations. But this is a beef that will never end. Now, for a much tamer beef. By 50's own admission, there was a point in time when he had a great relationship with former Interscope Records co-founder Jimmy Iovine. During his time at Interscope, 50 repeatedly lashed out at the label for what he perceived as botched promotional opportunities related to his fifth Interscope album, Street King Immortal. Aside from his inability to continue making top 10 singles, 50 says Iovine viewed his partnership with SMS Audio as a major sticking point. Iovine would say, you created a competitive company, you're the competition. Ultimately, 50 entered into a distribution pack with Capital, and Avine left Interscope after Apple acquired Beats Electronics for $3 billion. While 50 was arguably at the height of his popularity in 2004, Fat Joe joined Jadakiss on Ja Rule's single, New York. The unstated, transitive property of rat beef dictated that 50 throw verbal shade at both Ja and Jada. In addition to calling Joe's hit single Lean Back a dud, never one to back down, Joe retaliated with the track Fuck 50, later retitled My Fofo and an undeniable verbal shot on stage at the 2005 MTV Video Music Awards saying, I feel safe with all the police protection, courtesy of G-Unit. The end of the 50 Cent Fat Joe feud was arguably the only silver lining associated with the 2012 death of Chris Lighty, who managed both 50 and Joe. These two Queens MCs have gotten down each other on record before. On Piggy Bank, Fifth infamously mocked Nas's tattoo of Khalees calling him a sucker for love. In return, Nas struck back with the Queens gets money, saying 50 was hiding behind 8 Mile and The Chronic. Allegedly, this all spawned from 50's belief that Nas had booted him off the remix of Jennifer Lopez's 2001 single, I'm Gonna Be Alright, when both Nas and 50 were still on Columbia. Nas's unreleased Don't Body Yourself hint at the friction, but the real drama of the songs like Spastic have been lost in the pre-internet ether. 
Summer Jam giveth, and Summer Jam taketh away. 50 hinted at something involving Nas in the weeks leading up to Hot 97's famous annual festival, and in a show of Queen Solidarity, Nas provided an intro of sorts for 50's performance. Another mainstay in 50's career is the beef with Rick Ross. Much like any war, the inclusion of spouses, children, and innocent bystanders is usually an indication things have reached a new low. After the mother of 50 Cent's child was forced to evacuate a Long Island home 50 Cent owned, Rick Ross poked fun at the situation with the following bars from the song Mafia Music. I love to pay your bills, can't wait to pay your rent. Curtis Jackson, baby, mama ain't asking for a cent. Burn the house down, you gotta buy another. Don't forget the gas can, jealous, stupid motherfucker. And like that, it was on. On February 2nd, 2009, 50 Cent posted an interview with Rick Ross's baby mother on his website, thisis50.com. In the interview, she confirmed that Ross worked as a correctional officer. After the interview, 50 took her on a shopping spree on 5th Avenue. The beef went viral as 50 Cent introduced the Officer Ricky character to poke fun at Ross's correctional officer past, and Ross took to calling 50 Curly. 50 would also release a sex tape featuring another one of Ross's baby mothers. Later, 50 would get sued for this action and file for bankruptcy in order not to pay. In 2012, members from both men's camps get into a physical altercation at the BET Awards. Despite the usual threats to end each other's respective careers, this beef didn't so much get squashed as it has died from lack of fan interest. Much like Fat Joe, Jadakiss was one of the many MCs 50 targeted for appearing on Ja Rule's New York. But in terms of retaliation, Kiss arguably flipped the script on 50 better than Ja or Joe. As he implored 50 and the listening rap public to shift the focus away from sales and chart positions. Might never sell that much. You could bet your last two quarters. I never tell that much. Pitch and kiss not come out swinging. It's like going to see 50 at a show and he don't come out singing. Yeah, you got a felony, but you ain't a predicate. Never the king in New York. You live in Connecticut. Jada spit on 2005's Checkmate. The track was complete with the standard issue 50 barbs about glamorizing being shot and allegations of snitching. But Jada focused on skills, telling 50 his raps were preschool. The Jada kiss and 50 beef was easily squashed because it never truly got personal. In an interview with Complex, 50 revealed he planned on including Jada Kiss on one of the Animal Ambitions collaborations. The fifth even ventured to Yonkers where fellow Locks member Styles P had also joined Jada Kiss in the studio. The results were two tracks, Irregular Heartbeat, which features Jada Kiss, and Chase the Paper, which features Styles P. Some beefs reach levels of intensity that would make any quarrel between rappers seem as insignificant as two toddlers fighting over a toy. Consider the dynamic between 50 Cent and Kenneth Supreme McGriff. 50 mentioned both McGriff and Gerald Prince Miller on a song, Ghetto Quran. You hear talk of the South Side, you hear talk of the team. You niggas fear Prince and respect the brain. For all you slow motherfuckers, I'ma break it down illa. Supreme was the businessman and Prince was the killer. 50 rapped. In a 2006 Vibe magazine interview with Ethan Brown, McGriff confirmed he was less than pleased with the song. Yes, it was factual, McGriff said. He said in the song, Preem was the businessman and Prince was the killer. When we was coming up, there was a code on the streets, a code of conduct, which was you never speak on dudes who may still be in the street. After serving nearly 15 years in federal prison, McGriff connected with Murder, Inc. co-founder Irv Gotti to license the rights to a Donald Goins novel. Things seemingly reached ahead when 50 and Ja continuously clashed and Fifth implied McGriff was responsible for the 2000 attempt on his life. In 2003, Gotti was hurt by a three-year federal investigation on charges of laundering money for McGriff. While Gotti was eventually found innocent, McGriff was convicted on drug trafficking, racketeering, and murder charges. There was no love lost between 50 and McGriff. 
Either way, he's a rap now because the changes they don't see is a financial transition. Same way the dude that shot me wasn't an in-house for them, he was just a shooter. I have access to that now. I have the finances. The shooters shoot as soon as the bag is dropped. So now, either they give him life or they let him go and I give him life. They don't understand the difference. First time I was trying to explain it, power of the dollar. They had money when I didn't have money. So I had to take the bullets, 50 said. The beef hasn't really transformed since the Supreme was sentenced. Supreme and 50 have sons around the same age and have been photographed together. 50 and his son are estranged and are in a beef of their own that I won't speak on or comment on. The rumored friction between Game and 50 was confirmed in February of 2005 when 50 told Funk Flex Game was being booted from G-Unit due to disloyalty. Game's desire to distance himself from several of 50's multiple beefs didn't sit well and quickly found himself on the outs. This quarrel then spilled over from the airwaves to the streets when Game and an entourage returned to Hot 97 after hearing 50's remark. Kevin Reed sustained a wound to the leg after a shooting outside the radio station's offices. Shots were also fired outside of violator management offices. Despite attempts by Dr. Dre, Jimmy Iovine, and others, there was only a short-lived truce between Game and 50. Both artists appeared at a March 9th press conference in Harlem, New York. We're here today to show people that we can rise above the most difficult circumstances, and together we can put negativity behind us, 50 offered. A lot of people don't want to see it happen, but we're responding to the two most important groups, our family and our fans. By the time the summer rolled around, the truce was over again. Game appeared to thrive off the beat via fan responses to his GU Not campaign and song 300 Bars and an about face at Hot 97 Summer Jam. In 2009, Game publicly apologized for his role in the beef. If we never broke up, I think Detox would have been out and we all would have been selling millions from Banks to Buck, Tony Yayo. I'm going to apologize for my role. 50 reunited with Lloyd Banks, Tony Yayo, and Young Buck at the 2014 Summer Jam. Game was absent. Game has commented in recent years that he would be open to reunion because he knows that it would be lucrative. 50 seems to not care and won't reunite. This one got very real as both men have legitimate ties to the street life and most hip-hop artists simply emulate. Jimmy Henchman was up for a murder-for-hire trial when 50 Cent took the opportunity to throw his customary jabs on Instagram by saying, LMAO, this boy solved every crime in New York. Old gangsta Jimmy, go ahead and tell some more shit, killer, lol. The thing is, though, that 50 was speaking about a man who, as it came out during trial, was stalking and reportedly paying for acts of violence to be done to 50 Cent and G-Unit's crew. On June 5th, 2012, a jury in federal district court in Brooklyn found Roseman guilty of running a drug trafficking operation responsible for 2.8 million with ties to 19 other people. Some 17 days later, the New York Times reported Roseman was involved in hiring a hit on G-Unit associate Loyal Lodi Mac Fletcher. The assassination was supposed retaliation for an altercation Jimmy had with Tony Yayo before an awards ceremony at the Apollo in 2007. Let's think about just how completely nuts all of this is. Openly mocking a man that's on trial for the murder of an associate of yours. Not to mention that the same man reportedly shot up Tony Yeo's Bentley for repeatedly putting hands on Roseman's son. And plotted on your demise consistently over the course of a number of years? One that is now in federal prison for life for running a drug trafficking business through the shuffling around of music equipment. 50 has never been one to run from a conflict, and this proves he'd rather run up on the conflict than run from it. This was a beef that happened almost exclusively off-wax, and with some dire consequences waiting in the wings at every turn. 50 chose to attack Diddy in a track he leaked in 2007 called Hip Hop. 
In his anger surrounding a contract dispute with bringing Mace over to his side, he spat some cutting bars about Diddy's knowledge of the death of Biggie. Who sat Biggie Smalls? We don't get them, they gon' kill us all. Man, Puffy know who hit that nigga, man, that nigga soft. He scared them boys from the west side of break them off. Any efforts of conciliation have been negated as 50 Cent put in several jabs, such as Diddy's music sucked in 2010. 50 has also taken shots at Ciroc, Diddy's vodka, any chance he gets. The rapper's feuds have not only been limited to his fellow peers. In 2006, 50 Cent declared his dislike for Oprah Winfrey when he complained about the demographic she was appealing to on her show. 50 also felt that the culture he represented in hip-hop was disapproved of by Oprah and was consequently happier of making her an enemy. In 2012, the animosity between the two was finally dealt with when 50 Cent was invited on to her show next chapter to be interviewed by the lady herself. I would see moments when you would discuss your feelings on the culture and everything that was wrong with the culture was what was on my CD and I was like, oh, she doesn't like me. I was saying, if I can't be your friend, at least let me be your enemy so I can coexist. The reasons why this feud got started are not completely clear, but as we all have gathered, the past has shown that it doesn't take much to upset 50. The rapper did not exactly have many nice things to say about Lil Wayne whilst he was rising to success. When 50 was asked why Weezy was so in demand with featuring on the tracks of other artists, he told Funk Flex in 2007. A whore sleeps with whoever pays him, so we gotta call him a whore, if he just go with whoever pay him to be on the record. He then further laid into Weezy with the track Part-Time Lover, implying there were sexual acts going on between Birdman and Wayne. You make me wanna kiss you like baby kiss Wayne, and make you call me daddy like baby do Wayne. Damn, that shit sounds gay, it's insane. I guess that's the price the little nigga pay for fame. Played this on the radio, after Wayne dissed 50 on the track Louisiana. All about a dollar, fuck two quarters Bitch, I pour syrup in that vitamin water I hope you die ugly in tonight, I mean gorgeous Feed me your organs, bitch, I'm starving Years later, the beef between the two died down Wayne even brought out 50 and G-Unit to perform at the Drake and Lil Wayne show Rolling Stones magazine dubbed this rivalry the Clash of Rap Titans In 07, West and 50 went head-to-head -head with their respective album releases Graduation and Curtis. 50 was so confident about the success of the record that he was willing to put his career on the line. Let's raise the stakes. If Kanye sells more records than 50 on September 11th, I'll no longer write music. I'll write music and work with my other artists, but I won't put out any more solo albums. This result, as we all know, was that West beat 50 in album sales. As Yeezy moved 957,000 units in the first six days of release and graduation, while the New York rapper sold 691,000 in his first week. The two claimed that there was no real love loss between the rappers, but this was more of a stunt. Although Cam and 50 ended their beef in early 2011, three years prior, all was not well between the two. Their feud started in 2007 as well, when 50 Cent was on Angie Martinez's show and claimed that Koch Records was a graveyard. Cam called him to attack his comments. Following, there was a few diss records from each party, but in the end, you can say that the two made peace when Cameron called it their little hip-hop beef and said, I don't have no problem with 50. Prior to his 2012 interview with Complex, everything seemed straight between 50 and French. However, Montana's comments, you should avoid beef if you try to make money. People get scared when you try to beef with people, French told Complex. In general, nobody wants to stand next to you if somebody trying to shoot. I feel like it helped Ross unite people. That's why Maybach Music is one of the biggest labels. It just makes sense. 50 replied, French Montana, you ain't shit, boy. You out of your league talking about me, ho. I read your little interview. What the fuck is you high? 
The outburst went on and on, to which French responded with a tweet back. 50, damn homie, last year you was the man homie, what the fuck happened to you? This minor argument was squashed a year later when French put it to rest in his interview with Shade45. Yeah, everything's straight, so let's just keep it like that. Of course, in a beef with 50 Cent, nothing is really over. Recently, the two have been taking shots at each other via Instagram. Believe it or not, once upon a time, Floyd Mayweather and 50 Cent used to be friends. In July 2012, when he decided to mix their friendship with business, the money team promotions, the venture was designed to give greater control to fighters in boxing. Mayweather served time in prison for a misdemeanor domestic battery, while 50 discovered that TMT did not have a promoter's license and also had not signed any boxers. He spent $2 million on licensing and signing four new young fighters. Mayweather was unwilling to put half of the money up that 50 put in. Instead, 50 claimed that Floyd continued to spend hundreds of thousands on gold chains and a new Lamborghini. The partnership fell to pieces when 5th had to fend for himself in the boxing world. This feud unraveled in a very public way. The two had much to say about each other in interviews, as well as through their much-publicized remarks on Twitter. Since then, the feuding has been constant between these two stars. You may remember that 50 went in on Floyd when he started dating a woman named Princess, outing him for the fact that she was also dating Ray J, and apparently stole a lot from the boxer. Let's not forget the summer where the rapper took jabs at him when he put photos on Instagram claiming the rapper Nelly took one of his ladies. Of course, most recently, 50 publicly made fun of Floyd when he had trouble reading an ad and challenged him to read one page of a Harry Potter book. So, with about 20 years in the game, I think 50 has beef with more individuals than any other artist. Many of 50's beefs are still going on, but the ones that have died down, I have one question. Is it really ever over? I doubt it. I think if you say the wrong thing or imply the wrong thing about 50, he is willing to go to war. Thank you for listening to this beef episode of Hip Hop History. Subscribe on whatever service you are using and leave a review if possible. Thank you.